Hey there, welcome to the show. Well, you know what? I've got a great one planned for you today. I've got two guests joining me, one in studio, one by Zoom a little bit later in the hour. That's right. I'm going to have Phil Soper join me. Uh, Phil is the president of Royal LePage in Canada. Uh, Phil's been a frequent guest over the years, and we're going to get his take on what the market looks like. What's Royal LePage take uh, for the next you know year or two? What's going to happen in the real estate market? And of course, in-house, I always rely on my mortgage man. That's right. Dave Butler's in the house with me, and we're going to be talking about everything to do with uh, not just interest rates, but potentially what happened when the inflation numbers came out. Did it have a good or bad effect? What are the chances of the rates going up with Bank of Canada? And of course, uh, you know what? We're just going to cover everything that's going on in the market because here we are. We're in a fall market. Where are we going and what should we be looking for? Um, but, you know, a lot, a lot to uncover today. I do want to bring up, uh, for those of you that have not registered, that's right. It's called the Great Down Payment Giveaway, and that's going to be happening Coming up in the next couple of weeks, actually, it is Saturday, November the 4th at 11 a.m. You can join me in studio. And you know what? Here's the cool thing about this is that there's going to be not one, but two lucky winners during that seminar webinar that's going to give you the opportunity, guess what, to win the full down payment on a one-bedroom unit in London, Ontario, a part of our development. It's got a value of $56,000. Now, if you join me here in our studio, I can only house about 150 people. So you've got a 1 in 150 chance to actually win the down payment. And if you want to do it from the comfort of your home, still going to have a really great chance. We normally have about six or 700 people join us on our webinar, which means you still got a great chance to win. So the only way you're going to be able to win, though, is you've got to register at thesimpleinvestor.com. And you know what? You can find out all the rules and regulations and what's going on. But I'm really excited about it. And a lot of people said to me, hey, Todd, why are you doing this? And, you know, I got, I, I got to tell you this. After 14 years in the investment world, um, in real estate, one of the things that I recognize is that there are some people that they're just not there with a the down payment. You know, they, they've always wanted investment real estate. You know, I can tell you that when I first started, I had a lot of people say, Todd, you know, I just don't have the down payment. They come back five years later and they go to buy a property. And of course, it's a little bit more expensive than it was the, you know, five years previous to that. And they said, Todd, you know, I'm still trying to save up for the down payment. And finally, when they do buy, they say, wow, I remember when I could have bought a property from you for $100,000 and now I have to pay three hundred. And it's like, it's all timing, right? Well, here's the thing. In the world of real estate, if we all can sit there and say, you know, and by the way, these these properties, you know, it's still a great price, 284.9. But here's the thing. Do you really believe that it's going to be 284.9 forever? Or how about in a couple of years, what's it really going to be worth? You know, 400? Yeah, probably. 450? Yeah, that's where I think. So in a few years from now, if you don't have the down payment today, you're not going to be able to buy it for how many years? And then when you finally say, okay, I've saved up some down payment, guess what? Prices keep moving. So for those of you that, you know, look at investment real estate as something that you really want for your future, the ability to start generational wealth. And once you get started, by the way, the real estate takes care of itself. That's the cool thing about real estate. Once you get into your first one, your second one can be bought from the first one because as the value goes up, you can refinance, take a little money out, and there we go. So we start the process. And that's really what we're intending to do here. So it's not just for one investor, it's for two. And if you don't have the ability to be able to turn around for that down payment, 
this might get you started on something that will be life changing. And at The Simple Investor, that's one of the most important things to us is by changing your life with investment real estate. Remember, I never talk about real estate speculation. I talk about real estate investment and what can it do for you and the next generation? This is one of the most important things. So you know what? If you've been on the fence about it, hey, look, so you're going to spend an hour and a half listening to me babble about how amazing real estate is. You got a shot at winning, you know, and the down payment for an investment property. To me, it's probably one of the smartest things people can do right now. Even though the market seems like it's kind of in turmoil, buying investment real estate, no matter what, is going to secure your future. And we're here just to help you along the way. So go to simpleinvestor.com. You don't want to miss out. And now that I've babbled this long on it, uh, I do want to bring in Dave Butler and uh, Dave, thanks for showing up today. Uh, wait, hold on. Just so I understand this, right? So this needs to be, mathematically, I think people need to understand this a bit more. You're giving away the equivalent of roughly $56,000 yep. to one of 150 people that show up here for the in-person yep. seminar. I mean, this, like, okay, those odds are insane. <laughs> okay, like, 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 come on, those are, those are better odds than playing the lottery, if you think about it. Like, realistically, they're humongous, so... Um, no, I think that I, listen, first of all, I think that's very cool. This isn't one of those things, you know, I've, you showed me and I read up on this. I mean, this is, this isn't something like we've seen other places they're adding, you know, 50,000 or 60,000 to the price. And then they're being like, Oh, we'll give you this. This is not that this is, these are same prices you've had on these units. You are giving away legitimately 20% down for this down payment. Yeah, you got it. And, um, you know, one of, one of the reasons as you could hear David and, and just so you know, Dave, Dave has always been, you know, our, our go-to person for advising on mortgages. And, you know, one of the big things for us, and you've seen it over the years, because you've worked with so many of our investors over the years, you've seen them, they can come back and now they refinance, take some money out and they buy another property. And this, this is the process that we're hoping to start for two lucky winners. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, so I've, you know, I've, been to the seminars i've watched it some of the videos of some of the some of the previous you know clients of yours that are still clients that have bought in some of your even the ones years ago in your projects he's i mean the one video the guy's on a beach in greece you know what I mean? like, he's like thank you todd you know what i mean you've helped me so much like the, these these are real people you know what i mean it's different i mean there's you know it, it, listen we live in a world where the louder voices you know on social media seem to get a lot of play right now and the reality is, is you know I, there's a lot of them that i don't know if you were to go and check into their own, you know, true, you know, uh, financial positions if they are really in it. This is this is legit, man. This is this is good stuff. So yeah, and and you know, thanks for that because you know when when we take a look at social media, and this is this is one of those things, folks, that you know <clears throat> when I do social media, I I do want to educate, not rant. Um, you know, I do have a rant here on the show every once in a while, and everybody says, "Hey, Todd, it's okay for you to lose it." I'm normally not losing it in in a you know an unconditional way. It's normally because the government's offended me one more time, which they you know they they, they have a a real good knack of that, Dave. You know, you and I talk about this stuff all the time, and it, and it's kind of funny because you know today as we sit here looking at what's unfolding in the world, and then we look at what's unfolding at home. I still shake my head, you know, every single day, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm up at, you know, 4.30 every morning. I'm, I'm checking on the world financially and I just, I can't believe what's going on. Yeah. I mean, we're, we are in, you know, we, I think you and I, I mean, you've had a longer career than me in, in real estate and investing, but 
I mean, th- we haven't seen this. Like, this is different. I mean, even things as crazy as, you know, we're seeing now the bond markets across the world are struggling. There is now, you know, where, you know, and a lot of people don't realize this, and I've talked to clients about this, there's been a very, very, very different tale with respect to interest rates in 2023. And some people will say, well, no, they're just keep rising. It's like, no, 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 hold on. Let's look at the, look at the, the breakdown here. Last year, the central bank, so 2022 was the year that the central banks all went crazy, right? They all went nuts, right? That was the year, right? And ultimately, now what you're seeing is 2023, a lot of these central banks across the world have not raised their rates incredibly high. Let's look at Canada. Canada has actually only raised their variable rate, the prime, the Bank of Canada prime rate by 0.75%. That is, there, last year in the summer, there was a 1% increase, like just at one, one shot. We're now 10 months into the year with only 0.75 increase. What's actually happened is across the world, we're seeing bond markets starting to see some trouble. And what's happening there is, as we notice, the fixed rates here in Canada and in the United States have actually gone up disproportionately to the amount that the um, central bank rates have gone up. So you're actually seeing what happened last year was central banks raised like crazy. The bonds didn't catch up in time, right? Which they, they were basically pricing out that we're going to see lower rates sooner than later. Now that we are, it has been confirmed that we're seeing slightly longer, higher rates for longer. The bond market is starting to reprice and we're seeing violent action. And we're seeing, you're even seeing things like US bond market, treasuries, things are starting to break down. We're seeing huge pain being felt. And this is interesting because it goes back to some of these social media people. I see some of them, and one in particular that's that's saying, "Well, watch out because your broker might start trying to get you to sign a five-year variable, and they're doing it for pay and all this stuff." I, if you're a mortgage broker and you're doing deals for be, based on the pay you're getting between a five-year and a one-year or two-year, you're not a mortgage broker to me. You know, maybe you know if you're doing one or two deals a month, maybe that's something you need to look at. You know, maybe you're putting more emphasis on how much you get paid per deal. But a real brokerage is not looking at that. A real brokerage is looking at what's best for the client. And in my opinion today, when you're looking at flexibility, something that I think all Canadians should want to be in in their mortgage, you have a one-year fix, you have a two-year fix. Because the bond market has been so different and violent this year, you now have higher rates on that than the one-year, two-year than you do on the variable. The variable is actually coming back and it doesn't, it's not because of pay, it's because it actually makes sense. If the central bank, if the Bank of Canada decides they are no longer going to raise interest rates and it likely means that they will start to come down, you likely may want to be riding that variable down because eventually when the bond markets do sort themselves out, they will now retract when the variables come down. And guess what? You might be able in a situation you can lock in and people don't realize this and maybe they do, maybe they don't. In a five-year variable rate, you can lock into a fixed rate at any time. So I could ride it down two years, one year from now, the fixed rates are lower. Guess what? Locking into that fixed rate. And I secured my, me and my family a better financial position. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing advice. And I hope everybody, <laughs> I think everybody should actually, you know, hit replay on this because what Dave just said, um, you can't even find that stuff in true financial, you know, seminars. I'm going to tell you that. And that's one of the, one of the reasons why I love having Dave on the show so much is that he just tells it how it is. And, 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 you know, Dave, you and I have lots to, lots to talk <laughs> about yet. So, um, you know, Hey, by the way, if you're not following me on Instagram, do it. The simple investor one, I'm going to keep you up to date on what's going on. Um, I can tell you right now, and you can go to our website for this, but, we just opened up, and it's a really small one, but we just opened up a JV uh, release. Just happened, our joint venture, somebody can actually partner with us on a small development that we're doing. 
Um, it's an amazing return, 30% return within a uh, 12-month period. And if you want to be part of it, go to thesimpleinvestor.com, look into it, or you can actually message me on Instagram, the Simple Investor one happy to talk about it. And when we come back, I've got more with Dave Butler, so stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Hey there, welcome back. Uh, in studio with me, Dave Butler. Yeah, he is the mortgage broker extraordinaire. And um, Dave, you know, we were having some fun just before the break. You were talking, obviously, about the bond yields, bond market, what people can anticipate. But, you know, you, you, you threw something out there. and You know, we're talking about it off air, and I thought we'd kind of bring it up. You did mention about the idea that, you know, you got these these wannabe heroes uh, on social media that want to dictate on what people should be doing, especially, you know, it's amazing. Um, normally, the louder they are about certain things, the less they know. And when you were talking about, you know, looking at what you should be doing as far as a mortgage right now, how you can save money, because we know that, um, you know, by by all intents and purposes, we should be looking at the Bank of Canada you know, um, you know, they've, they've maxed out. So let, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the CPI first. And then you and I are going to go down the road a little bit more about mortgages. Yeah. I mean, so look, we got some encouraging information, um, with respect to Canadian inflation, right? Uh, September's stats came out and we were lower, um, not just lower from the previous month. So okay, we were 4% the previous month came in at 3.8 this month. It wasn't necessarily that we came in lower. I think certainly Canadians aren't going to really jump up and cheer over a 2.2 decrease, but it was that the street, the market had not expected that the market was kind of pricing in a flat, um, you know, four percent maybe even 4.1 so the fact that we beat expectations is actually fantastic and i think if you look at it look we all know we're all we're all saving a little bit more money in october on gas right it's a little bit down so that's going to come into effect next month when november publishes the october numbers and i really really want to be clear on this for canadians because there's a lot of information out there and it just seems like it's so so much and it's so hard to understand look with inflation a lot of current headline inflation number is taking into account mortgage interest, i.e. rents, okay? So, and this is huge, and people really need to start to understand this. Last August, if you're gonna compare last August or last September to this August and this September, in terms of what Canadians are paying for rents or interest in their mortgage, it is just much higher. That makes it, let's think about it. Last year in August, let's say, just throw out a random number. The rate was, let's say, you know, Bank of Canada was maybe five and something percent. We're, you know, or, or sorry, let me, let me backtrack. Let's say the one, let's say the five-year variable is in the range of, you know, getting around five or five and a half percent. Well, now that's actually a little bit higher, okay? Comparatively, when you're going to take now that new higher rate compared to that, of course, it's going to be higher. So therefore the CPI basket headline inflation is going to be a higher number, but we are getting to the point where come January, February, it's actually not going to be that much higher because think about it. There's only been three raises in 2023. It was January and it was the two in the summer, June and July. Well, once that January and those February reports come out for CPI, there's not much more increase in interest than in, in, since those previous months. So therefore, there's going to be a natural drop-off, a large, I believe, drop-off in the headline CPI number. Now, what, what will negate that? If we have crazy energy costs start coming back up again, which is something that's being talked about. If you get gas, you see gas starting to come up again. These are things that would cause issues. So as you have the some pieces of the basket coming down, you're going to have some piece of basket coming up. But given that, and given that rents 
are the highest. Our, our you know, shelter is one of the biggest components of the headline CPI number. Canadians must know that it's going to come down. It will come down. I mean, I'm going on record right now saying it will come down. The January, the February, the March CPI prints are likely going to be very favorable to us. And more importantly, what we were talking off air, three major Canadian economists just came out the other day and said, due to the CPI falling to the level that, that it did just this last month, and due to the fact, based on their projections, some of them are thinking that A, we're going to be back to a good number of inflation and B, we could start to see rate cuts in the summer or fall of 2024. That's huge. Well, we also heard, um, and, and I'm pretty sure you get the sources the same way I do, but um, that the U.S. Fed, because we've got some, some of the banks teetering right now, that they may have to get more aggressive with a cut earlier yeah. because, you know, un, unlike uh, the Canadian banking system, the U.S. system has a lot of private banks. Yes, they do. And those are the ones that have been teetering. Not, we're, we're not talking about the big major ones. Mind you, the big major ones are also hurting, but it's some of the smaller ones. But the smaller ones are still substantially, you know, in, in size. Like they're, they're, some of the small banks in the U.S. are as big as, you know, our, our top number four or five here in Canada. So, but, you know, whenever we talk about that, folks, you got to keep, keep an eye, uh, you know, an eye on the market because it's 10, 10 times the market that we have here in Canada. So, um, but Dave, you know, one, one of the important things, I think what you also, you know, we're, we're, we're peeling back when we talk about interest rates, there's going to come a time where finally the bank of Canada is going to say, and we're done raising interest rates. I think we're close. I think that, you know, um, we, you know, we got our, our meeting, uh, coming up this week and I think that we could potentially, you know, um, not have a, uh, a increase and depending on the numbers that'll come out for October, uh, you know, cause they do kind of play year over year and things like that. I think, I think potentially we could be at the end. It just doesn't feel right for them to increase coming off of that CPI print. I think that, you know, Canadians have been looking for any little light at the end of the tunnel, seeing CPI starting to look like it may be re-entering its, its downtrend has obviously perked up. You know, people are feeling better because we know a lot of Canadians are feeling strapped right now financially. And I think obviously this leading into next week, if they were to go and raise on the heels of that news, I think that would just look bad publicly. And I think it looked bad politically as well. Um, you know, so I, I think I'm in line with you. Um, based on that CPI print, I'm going to say that next week, I, I, I'm predicting Bank of Canada holds. Um, I believe they'll still use language that's going to, and they naturally do. They need to, inflation is not necessarily in their target zone and that they think it's going to get at. So they need to use language still that's going to say, look, if inflation perks up, we're still going to be looking at it. So don't, you know, they're going to try to let Canadians know, don't feel like we've won this. Yeah. But you've got one more meeting in December. And then by January, I think if CPI, the numbers are starting to go the way that you and I have talked about, I think there's a very good chance they start using that different language that you're looking to, that you're looking for them to use. And I think we talked about it earlier, and I'm sure we get into it. That's going to spark a frenzy. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about that definitely in the next segment, because I do want to talk about what we call a bounce and and what that looks like but you know the ominous part dave that the government continues and and bank of canada the government um oh and by the way i'm pretty sure have you seen those commercials lately that where the government's promising that they're building 1.5 million new homes you know i gotta ask you should they not be charged with false advertising because they're you know it's one of these things that you know 
Hey, you know, I, 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 I'm sitting there, you know, watching some TV with the family and, and all of a sudden this ad comes up and, you know, all of a sudden you hear this, and the Ontario government's, you know, committed to building 1.5 million homes. So when? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like how? Like, you haven't, you can't build a thousand. I mean, here's, here's, <laughs> I was talking to you off air and, you know, guess what? The Simple Investor is going into the business of building and we are going to be adding purpose-built rental properties to some of our portfolios because we have some excess land. We've been approached by the municipalities. So I can tell you that, yeah, I can't build 1.5 million homes. Let's be clear. <laughs> but I can add a few hundred into the mix for the purpose of rentals. Yeah, politics is, uh, it's the one sector in just the world that we operate in where you can kind of say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Like I'm bound by regulatory conditions. You're bound by, I mean, we, there's certain things we just cannot say because you cannot mislead the public. I think it's hilarious that the, they can put these types of statements out. And then now, so again, you know, I, for those that are going to school, I mean, look, uh, Politics is one where you can kind of say whatever you want and, uh, you know, if you have the right following. And and you don't have to deliver <laughs> and you can be completely wrong. Yeah. And you won't get in trouble for it. it nothing happens. <laughs> yeah. I mean, holy smokes. It's like, here, have another jet to go whip around the world. I mean, come on. Blows my mind. Blows my mind. But no, I think, you know, what, what we said, what you said actually earlier with your, with respect to Simple Investor getting into development, I thought what, what, when we were talking about, I thought the most interesting thing was how the municipality approached you guys, you know, and that at least goes to show that the influx of people coming into Canada, specifically the large amount coming into Ontario is actually forcing municipalities to start to even go, holy smokes, if we don't have enough houses for people, we're in trouble. And they're also, they're just going off on their own to do their own thing, which is actually, which is nice to see. Well, that's because the government's actually finally using a little bit of bribery to them saying, look, <laughs> if you turn around and start producing more homes, then we're going to start giving you a little bit more for some of the things that you require. So, you know, and that that's important folks that you have to understand how municipalities are going to build in the future. But Speaking of building, when we come back, we're going to still be in this building and I'm going to have Dave Butler stay with us. So we'll be right back after this. Welcome back. So, um, yeah, I hope you uh, like the conversation so far today because we're having a lot of fun. And I always do when Dave Butler joins me in studio. You know, it's it's great having somebody with so much knowledge, not just with mortgages, but more or less like the financial landscape and what's going on in the world. And this is this is important. And I know I know we haven't really talked about, hey, my next door neighbor sold for this price today. Um, because, you know, there's so much more to real estate. And this is the most important thing. As you all know, if you own both your primary residence, if you're trying to rent, if you're even buying investment properties, the financial aspect is one of the most key uh, elements that's going on. And Dave, you know, you and I have been having some, you know, great conversations off air about this. And I think, I think we need to talk about the next few years. So we, you know, we can talk about today and look, let's be honest, interest rates suck. Okay. Um, now, of course, if you locked in, uh, as a lot of people have, so let's talk about the lock-ins right now, Dave, because I think it's important. So if you bought in 2019 and you took a five-year term, you're coming up for renewal next year. So 2024. Now, the, the, the one thing, and I have to make sure everybody understands the math of this is that when we talk about real estate, 2017 fell off because obviously a lot of stuff hit the fan. You know, we had the stress test. We had the foreign buyer tax. We had a market that started to, you know, waver. We saw interest rates go up. So 2017 volume went down, 2018 bad volume, 2019 started to come back a little, 2020 
half the year was bad, half the year was good, but 21 was a really big, staggering, record-breaking, over 120,000 transactions just in the GTA alone. Worldwide, it was probably the biggest number that anybody's ever seen. Dave, when we take a look at those numbers, there's something lurking in the shadows. Yeah, because, you know, the published numbers that you see, because it, it, there's this idea that, you know, for a long, long time, most people were taking either a five-year fix or a five-year variable. It was, you know, because to be fair, it's probably the banks are making the least amount of money. They, that's kind of the one they fight against each other very hard on, and it becomes the most competitive rate. And therefore, it generally, by by nature of that, it's going to be the quote unquote cheapest in terms of value, meaning the bank's making the least amount of money on those. Um and that's simply because of the, the high competition. But so given that most people, let's say in, you know, we're talking about 2019 signing a five-year fix, 2020 signing a five-year fix or a five-year variable. That means you got renewals coming up a lot coming up in 2024, 2025, 2026. That's just those people that were taking that mortgage at that time. What's being forgot, and I don't understand why it's being forgot, is that in the last, so it's in, since probably the fall of last year until now, most people that are getting a new mortgage are not taking a five-year fix. A lot of them are taking a one-year, some are taking a two-year, some are taking a three-year. So when you start doing the math, you start to see yourself, holy smokes, the amount of Canadians and mortgages that will be coming up for renewal next year, and then even more so in 2025 and then 2026, it is going to be insane. And so if we talk about, you know, what we've talked about on the show, which is that we do believe that at some point interest rates are going to start coming down. Obviously, that's going to spark a lot of purchase business because we're really coiled up. People aren't doing things even though they want to, but because of the cost of it. The bounce we will see that you had alluded to earlier is, in my opinion, going to be extravagant because you've got a lot of buyers in pent-up demand. They're going to be buying. They can now afford when rates come down. So you're going to see a lot of activity there that hasn't been happening lately. You're going to see a lot of people that were dying to refinance that have jacked up some of their debts naturally because of the high costs and because of inflation. They're going to now want to refinance because rates are a bit lower. No one wants to refinance at 7%, right? But they're going to want to refinance in the fives and the fours and maybe a 399 down the road, right? So you're going to have that. And then what do we got? What we just talked about? Renewals. You are talking about the largest amount of potential mortgage volume you could see in a concentrated small amount of maybe one or two or three years. And it's going to send things through the roof potentially. Again, there's all kinds of other macro things that could happen that could stall that. But in terms of everything moving status quo, that's what we're looking at, I think. And, you know, when we talk about bounce, so Dave, you, you did, you know, explain obviously the mortgages quite well. And this is what people have to understand is that <clears throat> a lot of times also that when we talk about a real estate bounce and, 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 and here's the one thing I always, I always love it when people say, oh, you got to time the market, time the market. Come on. I mean, look, here's the thing. Here's the timing in the market. Okay. If you're not actively looking and prepared to pull the trigger right now, you're going to be late. If you haven't turned around, got your pre-approval at today's interest rates. Yeah, we want to get the lower ones. Yes, by all means. But forget about the government building because that's not going to happen. Yeah, we he's, he's sit there and and, and it was fun, funny. I saw, Dave, I saw a report that somebody turned around and said, oh yeah, there's more starts this year, which means it's going to have an adverse effect to to the real estate market, you know, to, for, for, for sellers. And I'm like, just because it starts doesn't mean it's finished. So do we forget that there's a two, three, four year cycle to build? Like, look, this stuff's not going to all of a sudden wave into the market and everybody says, oh, we're look, we're flooded. 
And of course, when we talk about the one, the one monkey in the room where everybody sits there and gets upset about, but when they turn around and say, well, there's more listings now than we have seen in the last couple of years. Okay, let's be clear. There wasn't enough listings in the first place. Hence the reason why the market was going crazy. We had multiple offers, but let's just pretend this was a normal market when it came to listings. How many new properties and residents did we add for the 2 million people that are immigrating into Canada? Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, all we're doing is shifting the owner, but we're not shifting, adding more properties. So when people come out and say, well, all these real estate investors have to sell because they're underwater. Great. There's a tenant there. Yes. And they say, yeah, because they're all tenanted. Great. So you're telling me though, if so, if they sell, somebody moves into it, that tenant needs a place to live. Yeah. Did we add anything to the inventory? Yeah, where's, where's the new home? There's no new home, right? right. So, yeah, I mean, uh, look, I, I, I think, you know, to go to your point, you know, timing of the markets, you know, and, and certainly, you know, timing saying is generally going to be a lot about luck, but you can generate your own luck. And in the sense of, you know, from an investment thesis standpoint, a lot of people will say when you see an inefficient market and you see an opportunity, you know, maybe where there's not a lot of buyers out there. If I'm, if I'm a buyer of, a, of real estate, I'm looking for opportunity. I'm looking for opportunities when other people aren't buying, right? I mean, I, I don't want this. I, I, sure, it's, you can buy when others are buying, but if I'm really looking for that real opportunity, you know what I mean? I might be buying when others are buying and much much like the other way is, you know, when there's a, you, you definitely want to sell, you know what I mean? When there's a lot of sellers, right? So ultimately what I would say is this, um, we have a situation coming up here where we have inefficient markets within Canada, supply demand, we have an issue. Um, you've pointed this out. I mean, this is very clear and they're not adding new homes, right? They're trying their best, but they're not. And we also need to look at the fact that down the road, we right now, we have the, even though they're talking about housing starts, we know that in the last year, the amount of builders that are having trouble, we just had, a, there was a report that came out, a major builder is going into receivership. I think it's going to start hitting the news soon. We just heard about it earlier today. Um, listen, the amount of properties that are going to be built and going to be ready for people in the future is not going to pace anywhere where we had earlier. So, and you're continuing to bring all these new immigrants in the country, which have no problem with immigration, but a lot of them are coming here and we just don't have the housing for it. So for opportunity's sake, look, interest rates are high, affordability, the numbers may not look good, but if you're starting to see, if you get an inkling that the Bank of Canada is going to stop raising rates and you believe as an investor that you were willing to take the risk that rates may start to fall, you could get in early before the anticipated kind of purchase frenzy. And we all know what happens in a purchase frenzy in Canada. We've already experienced it. Prices run like crazy, right? Because of our supply demand issue. So therefore, as an investor, if you are an investor, and you're looking at when should I buy? I'm not saying buy tomorrow. And I'm not saying buy Tuesday. I'm not saying buy. I'm just saying you want to look for inefficiencies in markets. And then if you see it, you if you're willing to take the risk based on your thesis, you go for it. And this for me as an investor for Dave Butler, I would be looking at potentially situations now between now and the next six months so that hopefully I get in before the rates start coming down. Yep. And availability. You know, this is, this is the thing. So if it's brick and mortar existing today, that's something that you know is tangible, you can touch and you can actually buy it. When you talk about the builders, as Dave had mentioned, we've got builders that are on the fence right now. A bunch of them have said, we're not going to build until we see better interest rates, which means you just put a five-year delay into everything. When you have builders that are struggling financially and they're not going to build, then if, they, if somebody buys their existing land and has to restart the process, just so you know, you just hit a 10-year window. So these are the kind of things that folks, if we take a look and try to analyze the future of real estate, 
the future's today always. So, you know, everybody's heard my expression, today's the tomorrow you thought about yesterday. Okay. It's amazing how that stands true in the world of real estate. If you think, if you say to yourself, well, tomorrow I'm going to buy, tomorrow comes, well, that's today. And then the next day, it's already yesterday. You missed out. And the opportunity is always in front of you. Dave, always a pleasure. Love having you on the show. Thanks for joining me this hour. And um, folks, when we come back, I've got Phil Soper joining me from Royal Page. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. As I mentioned, just before the break, my next guest, he's no stranger to the show. Love having him on uh, about every six months. Phil joins me. I've got Phil Soper. He is joining me. He is the CEO, president of Royal LePage. And Phil, great to have you back on. Hey, great to be here, John. So, um, you know, you and I haven't spoken through throughout the summer, but of course, Bank of Canada rate, twice they increased it. You know, you hear a lot of doomsaying in the real estate market where I, you know, I don't necessarily always agree with some of the reports, Phil, because you live and breathe this, you know, leading, you know, one of the biggest real estate companies in North America. Tell us, how do you feel about the market and what the interest rate environment's been doing? You know, I was speaking to a, a team to that real estate uh, teams uh, just this morning. And one of the, my key messages was, remember that this is short term. So don't make, don't make um, crazy decisions based on thinking this is going to stick around. We're in a, an adjustment period where the volume of transactions is going to be lower, but the the medium term, and by medium term, uh, you know, that should start in less than 12 months, out for 20 years looks incredibly positive for uh, Canadian real estate, uh, for real estate in our biggest provinces, uh, and to a lesser degree right across North America. Populations growing, uh, the desire for home ownership uh, remains very high in our uh, surveying and research. Um, investors, lots of investors, uh, yeah, normal Canadians. We uh, released a piece of research in uh, July that showed 4.4 million adult Canadians uh, are real estate investors. They, they are essentially landlords. A real funny little stat out of that, um, some 5% don't own their principal residence. They're typically young people who have, uh, before they buy a home for themselves, they're buying one because they they believe in the, uh, the growing demand for housing. So the overall, you know, if you're looking for an industry to hook your career cart to, it's very positive. But in the next uh, next few months, it's going to be the the number of home trading hands are simply lower than than we're used to, and and people are going to have to employ strategies to get through that get through that time. Whether it's expense management or a little more guerrilla warfare when it comes to uh, getting out and getting the business uh, for themselves that it's available. Yeah. So maybe a little harder work. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we have to work. You know, no. Phil, here's oh, no. here's here's the thing though. So you and I obviously we have to take a look at supply and demand and with a mass increase in immigration, you know, the numbers that have been 
coming out are actually staggering for immigration. You know, at first, very underreported. And then when we started actually drilling down, you know, you're almost looking at, including students, almost 2 million more people that anticipated. You know, when, when they first started off, they were saying, yeah, we're going to open up the floodgates for 500,000. And then it became a million, now a million and a half. You know, it, it's amazing. And when you and I talk about real estate all the time, you know, we talk about obviously new construction. And then in, in the real estate agents world, where they always talk about resale, but without adding enough inventory into the mix, this is why we're seeing such a huge pressure on the rents. The rental market itself has so much pressure right across Canada, not, not provincially, just right across the entire nation. You know, what do you see the, the, the area and the, and the landscape looking like for the next 24, 36 months with this mass immigration? Yeah. I guess we have to go back to understanding why there's, would we be doing this in the first place? And it's pretty simple. The number of people uh, retiring is here and the number of people organically coming into the work uh, force is here. And that gap is uh, causing disasters in countries around the world that don't have an Im working immigration policy, places like uh, Italy, Korea, Japan, um, the Prime Minister of Japan called their population shrinkage issue the biggest crisis facing Japan since the Second World War. Um, China shrunk by 850,000 people last year. So we're just having fewer and fewer babies. And, you know, it means fewer revenue, less revenue, i.e., less uh, spending in the economy, less taxes, less services. So governments that can, and it's places like Australia, New Zealand, the United States, Germany, Canada, that have functioning immigration policy are filling the gap. But something's got to break, and you hit the nail on the head. The, the, big, the big stress is coming into housing. Uh, we seem to be able to do a better job than almost anywhere on earth in terms of the the cultural integration, some 87% of Canadians say immigrants add color and, and a positivity to Canadian society. But, you know, there's pressure on that positivity when uh, your kids can't afford a house or they have to move from Toronto to, you know, Sudbury or St. John, New Brunswick uh, to, to afford a home in you'd like them to stay at home. So it's, there's no easy answers to these these big, big challenges. Uh, it's not going away. And we, even if we taper in uh, immigration somewhat, which I wouldn't be surprised uh, happened. It was a bit of a, the pandemic influenced a lot of things and this is one area. And, and so things will even out. We're still just out of necessity going to be adding more people to the mix. Then there's two other variables we don't get talked about a lot. One is baby boomers are supposed to be vacating family homes by now. That's that's the way it's worked in previous generations, but they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, they're staying in those homes. So so some of the existing inventory that would have been freed up for millennials isn't. And not, and number two the number of people living in her household has plummeted. Um, in my grandparents' day, it was six. 
in my parents' day when I was a kid, it was four. We're down to two, and it's trending lower. So there's more and more one-person households. And so, you know, in, in, in a generation, if you go from four people to home to two people per home, you need twice as many homes. So that was not, nobody thought about this, or if they did, I haven't read it. Um, back when we were doing our sort of future view to the future. So lots of challenges. The bottom line for people in the in the development world, uh, in the real estate brokerage world, in the financing world, is that there's, there's going to be upward pressure on the value of residential real estate for years to come that it's very uncomfortable, well, well above um, normal inflation. Yes, yeah. there's just no way to avoid. Yeah. Well, listen, Phil, uh, thanks so much for joining me uh, today. It's great to have you on. I'm looking forward to having you on probably before the new year, just so we can kind of figure out how the year finished up. But always great having you join me and uh, look forward to having you back on real soon. You take care. Cheers. Thanks. So that was Phil Soper. Uh, he is the CEO and president of Royal LePage. Always great having uh, Phil join me. And um, I also want to thank Dave Butler for being in studio. You know, it's great having Dave uh, here. Lots to talk about always. Great, uh, great conversation. Hopefully you enjoy the banter between Dave and I. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, don't forget, coming up on Saturday, November the 4th, that's right, at 11 a.m., We've got our simple seminar webinar, and it is the great down payment giveaway. You don't want to miss out for an opportunity to win your down payment, but hey, why not make it two? One in studio, one at home. Go to the simpleinvestor.com to register. You don't want to miss out on this opportunity. And think of one more opportunity. As I mentioned earlier, we've got our new JV release program out there. If you want to be part of a development that we are taking, to the next level in the next 12 months, go to simpleinvestor.com to find out more. But I do want to thank my producers, a Omar and Aiden. They keep it simple for me every single week. Most importantly, I want to thank you for tuning in and making us the number one real estate talk show. Of course, I'll be back next Sunday as usual at 12 o'clock. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010 Toronto.